Alrighty, everybody, welcome into the Final Drive Podcast. Of course, your show over on Fishbowl Radio Network, number one sports show, the Final Drive here on the podcast. Uh, it is Alec and Makai here today, and we have a lot to talk about today, Makai. But first, before we dive into all that fun stuff, how are we doing today, man? Oh, you know, life's good. Uh, had two classes today, um, second class today, uh, met a Texas Rangers, Texas Ranger executive. Got to shake his hand, take his business card, you know. Was he in charge of assembling the Rangers teams? Oh. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. But uh, he, he, was, he was in the sales department. <laughs> real, real cool guy. And he, uh, he he let me know, like, hey, if he, hey you, you want to work for the Rangers, hey, let me know. Like, oh, okay, yeah. You think uh, you think he used to work at uh, Glowlight Park? Oh, yeah, he was, uh, he was telling me about that. He, he, were, <laughs> he, he went in depth and told me some, he, some great stories, man. He was, he was great. It's fun to throw a studio at enough for those who don't know, and uh, it's crazy. It's crazy sometimes to think that we're actually we have a studio inside the ballpark, and like our window patio outside the studio overviews you know the entire field. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that used to be where the Rangers, you know, went to two World Series, had tons <laughs> of <laughs> tons of great players go through there, and now. Um, not so much of those anymore, right? Yeah, we uh, we stink. That's the nice way of putting it. It's a PG version. <laughs> the podcast-friendly version. But we have a lot to get into today. We know it's been a while, but uh, do with, uh, you know, life, school starting back up for all of us. It's been a little bit of a delay, but now we are back. Got a lot of pumping to do. That sounded weird. I'm just going to keep that. We're going to roll with that. <laughs> so let's uh, let's dive right into it. McGuire, of course, week two at the end of our preseason. Just wrapped up last night as Trevor Lawrence uh, took on the Saints in the Superdome on Monday Night Football. So now we enter the, the last week of the preseason because, remember, it's three weeks now for NFL teams. Uh, let's play a little uh, what, or, uh, Teddy's toys going on in the background for those. <laughs> Oh, he has Gumby. He loves Gumby. This is new. <laughs> his new favorite toy. Um, let's just alternate here. Makai will go three each. Three lo- winners, three losers. Um, if it's okay with you, my friend, I think I actually would like to take the first jab at it. Uh, one of my big winners this week, uh, if that's okay with you. Go ahead, man. So I'm going to go with a guy who... I don't want to say necessarily was written off by a lot of people, but I think when this guy was traded away, I think people kind of viewed it as a a not-so-stellar move. But I think when you look at the Broncos, right? Uh, obviously, Drew Locke had the phenomenal game last week against the Vikings. Um, and this week goes all about Teddy B. Teddy Bridgewater, that is. Of course, as the Broncos won uh, 30-3 against the Seahawks, Bridgewater finished 9 of 11, 105 yards, uh, one touchdown, had a uh, QB rating of 136.7, averaging almost 12 yards a, a pass. Um, look, I think Denver is interesting to me because on one, a part of me says I do see this team as a legit playoff team in the AFC. I, I view them as potentially the second best team in that division behind the Chiefs. Yeah. But I think, again, it all comes down to the quarterback play of that team. That team will only go as far as the quarterback can take them. Um, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy. Uh, I think Bridgewater got, playing with the ones uh, this weekend was really big for him. And uh, he he, played, he he looked confident out there. Made lots of good throws, lots of good reads. Um, looked comfortable in the pocket with that offensive system in Denver. Um, it's so hard because... You know, as I mentioned, Drew Locke had the great start to the Vikings in week one. Then you saw what did against the Seahawks. I don't know what direction you go in towards yet. But Terry Bridgewater has certainly made the conversation for QB1 in Denver a relative topic, to say the least. I was very impressed by his performance overall. Um, and, you know, he's a good guy. He's a guy you want to root for, right? You want to root for a guy like Terry Bridgewater. Um, when you consider all that he's been through in his career, so um, he looked fun. He looked good. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, if they're going to play both the guys week three. I don't know what they're going to do yet for Denver, but uh, for me, Teddy looked absolutely uh, as advertised. So that's one of my big guys this week. I, 
like I like it. I was actually going to say the Broncos, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's really going to all come down to quarterback play for this team because I mean, obviously we know the defense is you know, it's been there, it's still there. I think their defense has got better because they've gotten a lot of uh, they've gotten a lot younger in their defensive backfield. Like of course drafting uh, Patrick Sertan, obviously mm-hmm. taking the Cowboys pick. Still mad about that. <laughs> They signed Kyle Fuller in the offseason. They brought in Kyle Fuller. They re-signed Simmons. Yeah, obviously keeping one of the best safeties in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, and that offense has weapons, you know? That offense has receivers, it has the tight ends, it has the backs. It all just, again, comes down to that quarterback and how it can utilize them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I was really perplexed when they took Javante Williams because it's like, I like Royce Freeman. I like Elvin Gordon, but it's like, now you got this stud, you know, res- you know, running back you take in the second round. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having depth, but it's like, I guess that makes Royce Freeman expendable because him and Javante are very similar in how they play. Yep. And then, I forget, did Denver have the wacky situation where they re-signed Philip Lindsay on the restricted free agent deal, but then they traded him to Houston? Yep. That's how it went down. They re-signed him and everything, right? And then they traded him? Yeah, so, but I mean, look at the offense. I think Teddy had a big pass to Jerry Judy in that game. Um, I believe he threw a touchdown pass to uh, was it Kevin Harlan? Mm-hmm. Harlan, Kevin Harlan was the announcer. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart, the receiver. Um, you know, uh, they'll have Corwin Sutton week one. They'll have Noah Fan week one. I don't think they played a whole lot. I don't think they played at all, if any, so far. Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting team. I think people talk about the Raiders and the Chargers as, you know, and for the right reasons, because the Chargers, to me, that's a very underrated team also, depending, it, it, depending uh, uh, is it called Brandon Staley? That's the coach, right? Yeah. The Rams, D.C.? Mm-hmm. Depending how, you know, he gets that defense going, I think that's potential there. You look at uh, the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. I'll say that right now. <laughs> and I, he's not bad, but um, the thing is that defense costed them a playoff spot last year. You know that's what it came down to. The defense uh, costed the Raiders a playoff spot, so um, they had the firepower to put up points. But then you look at Denver. I think Denver has the best of everything. They have a defense. They have an offense. It all just comes down to the quarterback. So whether it's Teddy or Drew, um, Teddy for sure has. You know, it's not decided yet whatsoever yeah but um so who's your who's one of your winners this week then i'm gonna have to go with a team that i have historically always you know given a lot of trash and that team being the you know the miami dolphins with two tango ball over <laughs> deandre's not here for this of course yeah. but uh he'll hear he'll hear, he'll hear my yeah praise. yeah you know i've uh, i've dumped on two quite a lot you know i've uh, i liked him a lot coming out of high school Obviously, you know, he put up big numbers in Alabama, you know, the national championship, all that, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, obviously, towards the end of his career, he has the devastating ankle injury. And then in that, uh, the game against Mississippi State on the road, right before half, when they were already up big. Mm-hmm. But it made no sense why he was in. But he ends up getting hit. Well, hit by two defenders, messing up his hip really bad. And it was, it, it took a while to heal through the recovery process, like, it didn't look like Tua. And I was really confused when the Dolphins took him. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I, I thought there was better elsewhere. But uh, yeah, right. you know, they, took it, they took him. They stuck to their guns. They liked the stuff between his ears. Um, like his personality, his leadership ability. His accuracy. His accuracy. Uh, and he, he, you know, I hadn't seen the things I saw him, saw in him when I saw him coming out of high school until this past week when they played the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And he went 16 for 23, 183 yards and a touchdown. That's that's pretty good quarterback. You know, that's, you know, because considering what he's been through to get to this point, people dragging his name through the mud. He's got teammates. He's got fans. I mean, just everybody. I mean, I mean, you know, national media, fans, everybody wanted to trade two in a first for Deshaun Watson in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, for sure. When that, when that whole thing came out. Stuff like that can get to a young quarterback, and he, you know, it's preseason, so it's like you're not going against all the starters. I mean, you're going against the Falcons, and the Falcons suck. 
<laughs> it is what it is. But I mean, you know, putting up numbers like that, it's it's building confidence for him, building confidence in the coaching staff. Like, we can trust this guy to effectively run the offense, you know, especially with the weapons that they brought in. This, this team, it's, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to eat my words about the Dolphins. Yeah, you're about, you're, you're the, you have to buy you onto that jersey after all, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to give me an update, Aaron, just an updated number. Uh, his numbers throughout the uh, the playoffs so far, or I'm sorry, playoffs preseason. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, a 93 quarterback rating, uh, 282 passing yards, uh, 24-34, a 70.6 completion percentage. Um, and I think the the one thing I'll add on to that really quick. Um, I think it's really kind of unfair to judge rookies last year from last year's draft class just because, you know, they had the whole, you know, mostly online training camp uh, and little to no, you know, field work, um, you know, just things like that that you normally have in, tra- in a training camp that you take your granted for were taken away for a lot of these rookies um, last year. So, too early didn't get a a full off season to learn the offense, go out there and work with the receivers, um, and things like that. He was on a computer screen looking at players going, you got this Tua? Yeah, I got it. I, I can see it and read it. Okay. You know, like there's no repetition. There's no, uh, you know, on the field circumstances. There's no two minute warning drills. There's no 11 on 11s and pads. He missed all that last year. So, and no preseason, also, I might add. Um, and then, you know, Miami was, what, 3-2, and 3-1, and one, and Brian Forrest pulled the gun on Tua early on, and, you know, nothing wrong with the early start, but he just was thrown into it. It almost got the, the Dolphins to the playoffs. So, from what I see, I've been impressed. I've really been impressed by Tua this year, or so far through the preseason. So, um... That's a good one. I'm I'm very surprised you go with the Dolphins and Tua and Tua in particular. Oh yeah, I just, I, I owe DeAndre for just absolutely just nailing the Dolphins into the ground every week. So. You had to do it to him just you know one time. Just one time. Just be nice about it one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me go with my second uh, breakout winner uh, this week of preseason. Really, it's kind of a two part. It's, it's a two person thing. It's not really all that fair. Um, go to my team, the Big Easy. Have to go there. Um, Monday Night Football, the Saints host the Jaguars. Uh, down in the Super, uh, the Caesars Superdome, which is really cool because it just fits perfectly, I think. Um, we know the whole Mike Thomas thing, and you know, he's not playing for most, probably a good chunk of the season. Traquan Smith is banked up. Uh, the Saints let go of Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to step up for this team. And all throughout camp, Marquez Callaway was the guy out of Tennessee last year who was undrafted, who was making plays. Um, had a couple of nice catches against the Ravens week one. We thought, okay, you know, there's something. It's it's different when you're on national television, right? Everybody can watch you. That's your stage to shine. Um, <laughs> Jameis, too. I mean, I know the 30 for 30 gets talked about a lot uh, for all the wrong reasons, and um, you know, Jameis came out. I think he told the Monday Night Crew, uh, you know, that you know he understands. Um, he understood two things with coming to New Orleans. One, Sean Payton was a big guy who kept them in check as far as turnovers go. He's not going to let you know Jameis get out of control and make all these ridiculous plays that should not have happened. Um, and two, I think Jameis realized that you know, if you know after Tampa. If he wanted to redefine his image as the former top overall pick and kind of, you know, rebuild his career, New Orleans was the perfect place to do that. You sit behind the legend, Drew Brees, for a year, soak up everything he does on and off the field. You have Sean Payton, who, for my money, is one of, if not the best offensive binds in our time of football. Um, You have the weapons there. You have the offensive line. So he's going to succeed anywhere in the NFL and become a much better quarterback and a more what's the word a uh, not conservative but just say a field general quarterback if you will a guy that's not going to make the turn make the make the silly turnovers and whatnot that's the place you're going to go to um, 
So last time I think it's Jaguars, Jameis. <laughs> 9 of 10, 123 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, a 157 quarterback rating. Man, he was fun to watch. Marcos Callaway, uh, five catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns, averaging 20 yards a catch. Look, it was beautiful to see that. And he did this all on uh, Shaquem Shaquel. Which which Griffin brother is that in Jacksonville now? Shaquille. Shaquille. Okay, thank you. Shaquille Griffin. That was their number one corner. Their big free agent corner that he's out there beating on a deep ball, one handing him. So I love to see both of those guys succeed. I know it's just one game, but I was I was excited nonetheless. One game and it's the Jaguars. It doesn't really say that. It's Urban Meyer's team. How about that? That stinks. <laughs> Maybe because he had to cut Tim Tebow last week. That's why he's just not feeling the NFL anymore. He's just a little mopey that he had to get rid of old Timothy Tebow. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jameis, to me, I think he's won this competition. I think it's over. Um, and Mark West Callaway, I think he solidified himself, I think. Maybe that's the reason why... They didn't address the wide receiver position as much as we all wanted them to. You know, I think Sean knew what he had in Mark West Galloway. Um, and hey, I mean, I love it. He's a, he, he could start for my team. He's going to be a good player in this league for a, a long time, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I would say I've always been a fan of Jameis. I mean, coming out of that draft class, I mean, obviously... Marcus Mariota was right up there with him, mm-hmm. one and two. Now you were a Mariota guy. Okay, I'm, I'm a big Mariota guy. I, yeah, I think I think you guys screwed in Tennessee because that team was dog. <laughs> Inconsistent with the OC every week, every year they were changing. And now he had very limited weapons, and just overall, I mean, coaching staff as a whole was just incompetent on how to use him. So he was put in a bad situation. But nevertheless. Jameis has his up and down, up and ups and downs in Tampa Bay. So a lot of interceptions, you know, a lot of highlight plays, putting up big, stupid uh, video game numbers. Yeah. It's crazy. And then last year, he was doing a 30 for 30. Well, not last year, but the year before last. Putting up 30 for 30. Had a lot of people, you know, yeah, that's the last we're going to see of Jameis now. And Bucks got rid of him and brought in Tom Brady, and then they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they have. And people forget, one more note to add, the Steelers offered Jameis more money to go be Big Ben's backup. People do forget that. So, he saw the opportunity for, which is better for his career long term, to be in in New Orleans with Peyton and with those weapons in that line. And, you know, so I hope it works out. I think Jameis, again, I think he's won the competition. And, and that's... And let me just say this real quick about Taysom Hill. My voice right. Taysom Hill. He. <laughs> Don't judge me on this or anything, Makai. From what I saw last year, and then you look at well, what I've seen and read throughout camp, and then from these two games, Taysom Hill has improved as a quarterback. I will say that. Like, he has done things I didn't expect him to do last year. Like, he, he's improved the way he plays quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, it's just nowhere near where Jameis Winston is at right now. And with its offense in particular, something we haven't seen really since the 2018 title game between the Rams and the Saints. The, it, Jameis took some deep shots. Taysom did, too. You know, that's just something we haven't seen at all. And and, and no disrespect to Drew Brees whatsoever, but... Um, Offensively, we were limited, limited these last two years um, with the inability to get the ball down the field. So, um, I think this is going to be an exciting offense. And then I think the other thing that it showed me is this Saints team is still a very complete team all around. You know, I know the question marks of quarterback were there, but I thought this team looked just as good as it has before. And in the recent years, I think it can still be a playoff team. Um could it compete with Tampa? I, I don't want to say that right now. I'm not sure. But this is still a very competent team, in my opinion. And this is a team that certainly could make the playoffs uh, in, in a very stacked NFC. I 
yeah, y'all, y'all gotta change something. You got Sean Payton, you got Alvin Kamara, you know, you'll eventually have Michael Thomas back. Like, you never, you, you can never count the Saints out because y'all get in there, y'all, y'all cause a little ruckus. So, I'm, I'm, you know, not gonna sound rooting for the Saints or anything, but y'all, y'all gonna be fine. Love to see it. Uh, what's another winner you have for this week, then? Honestly, this is gonna be a shocker to a lot of people, but I am going to go with my second winner being the Houston Texans. As much turmoil please, as they've done. Please elaborate. I just I just think, you know, a, a franchise is going through a lot of turmoil with, uh, you know, all their stars leaving and just having to disband the team. Uh, obviously, the whole Deshaun Watson thing, it's kind of the cloud that's kind of stuck over the team right now. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this team went to Dallas and they, uh, they, they, they flexed their muscles a little bit. You know, the, the score was pretty close. You know, I think the Cowboys would have wanted Ben DiNucci's sorry ass didn't come in. But, you know, that's <laughs> besides the point. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, for people that have been listening for a while, like, I was a big fan of Davis Mills at Stanford. Yeah. Uh, yeah I was started one year. Uh, I think in the draft show, like, you had him high as, you know, a low in first, maybe high second round quarterback grade, right? Mm-hmm. You ended up falling to the third round. Uh, <laughs> let, let me ask you this real quick. I've been interrupt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get to draft one quarterback, Zach Wilson or uh, Davis Mills. I'm taking Davis Mills every time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not buying into the. I will never buy into the Zach Wilson. Either. Okay, he's lo- he's looked nice though. You to admit. Man, that offense. I mean, I would look good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but 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 continue. Uh, you know, coming out of college and. Didn't start, didn't start that many games, so people were just like, oh, like, is this another Mitchell Trubisky thing? He's not the most athletic guy. Uh, there was kind of, like, some questions about his work ethic. But, like, the stuff in between his ears, and, like, I think the kid's got a lot of heart. You know, Stanford. Stanford's kind of been up and down the past couple of years, kind of just not stable as a college team for a while. And he stepped in there, he made some big throws, and won some big games. And, this kid's sturdy. This kid's very sturdy. Uh, as far as on the defensive side of the ball, like, man, I know this team's like really young on the defensive side of the ball now. Mm-hmm. Man, they got they got some guys, man. Like, I am a big believer in Lonnie Walker, uh, Lonnie Walker, <laughs> uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., the safety slash corner out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kid's got range. He's got instincts. God, I, I wanted him to be a Cowboy so bad, but of course. Usual, the Cowboys disappointed me and not, didn't end up taking him. And he's, he's with the Texans and he's, he's rangy as hell. Oh man, I mean, I'm a Texans fan. Like, obviously, you know, we still got to get this whole through this whole Deshaun Watson thing. But yeah, they, man, they, they've got some dogs, man. Like. They're still missing like some other guys like in the, the front seven. Mm-hmm. That uh, the Charles the uh, Menahu. I don't know how to say his name. But I, I hate butchering people's names because people do it to my name all the time. I'm uh, pretty sure he went to Texas, though. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, that, that kid, man. He had, oh, coming off the edge. Granted, it, you know, it was our it was our second team offensive line in there, which is absolute dog crap, which we, we did not address at all in free agency. He was looking like a damn young J.J. Watt coming off that edge. <laughs> I mean, just see, the Texans had five sacks that game and three interceptions. Um, I, I know Houston is going to be a team that is... Uh, they're not going to be good this year. But, as you mentioned, to have some of these bright pieces and young players, you know, step up and make plays in the preseason should go Texans fans hope that, you know, this team is trending in the right direction after all the things that have happened with them the last couple of seasons, so that's certainly something to keep an eye on, for sure. Especially, you know, if you're a bad team also, like, a lot of these young guys are going to get playing time in the, in the serious uh, game minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no, no better way to start your new era with, you know, being a bad team and getting a lot of these young guys opportunities and snaps in some meaningful NFL games, for sure. Very true. Yeah. Um, last guy I'll give here the winner title to. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Uh, 
I'm just curious, who's who's your last guy? Because I, I don't want to take the same guy. Honestly? Honestly? I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, we had the same guy. Okay, that's cool. We'll, we'll talk about Mitch today, because uh, he, he, he's looked sharp these first two games. Oh, yeah, man. I'm telling you, Mitch was just in a terrible situation, and it, it dragged his name through the mud. Mitch can play for yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I think maybe people question now, was it Matt Nagy? Was Nagy the problem in Chicago as to why, um, you know, Mitch? Because Tony's made this point on the show several times. Last year, I thought, and I kind of agree with Tony, the, the, the Bears had no right to really panic and, and bench Trubisky for Nick Foles as early as they did. Yeah. They yeah. were rolling. They were weren't they two and going into that Falcons game? Or three and I think maybe. I think Mitch had like two game winning drives. If I'm correct. Yeah. And yeah, it's fair to say that could be a reason why. And you know maybe that's just because Matt Nagy felt the pressure of he's coaching for his job last year and maybe he had to make the change of quarterback, maybe to see how the team responded, but um and Mitch, and, and people forget, you know, Mitch got them back in the playoff run last year. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, <laughs> for, for Mitch to go out there in a preseason game as a backup to the Buffalo Bills and the tear up the Bears, uh, you love to see that, right? Oh, that, that, that feels real good. Like, for him. Man, that just, that just shows, <laughs> like, damn, the Bills? You know, like, I think this situation for him is, like, I don't want to say it's like what Jameis did, because it's like I don't I don't really think that highly of uh, Sean McDermott. Yeah. But I think you know I mean I, th- I think Josh Allen's a good guy and I think he you know he's take him under his wing and you know just kind of and it was just like that and then like just a reset for Mitch like all the, all the negativity that was in Chicago mm-hmm. just getting away from that and just you know when you go to Buffalo man like there's there's nothing to do but play football. <laughs> Eight wings. Yeah, play football, eat wings, and hang out with those oh, crazy ass and uh, smash tables. You jump on tables. That's all you got to do up there. So it's like it's <laughs> some, somewhere he can go, clear his head, and just just ball. And the pressure isn't on him either, you know. So. Hey, you're, you're you're backup quarterback. There's no expectation. Yeah, that's true. So let's move on to our unfortunate losers this week in week two of the NFL preseason. Um, I think my first guy. Or guys, if you will, uh, not necessarily due to their play, but just kind of the circumstance they are in. That being Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, as it looks like Carson Wentz is back at practice today. He looks like he's aiming for a Week One start. Makai, um, I know you weren't there last week in studio, but I mentioned in particular both Ellinger and Eason looked very impressive in Week One of the preseason. And Week Two, maybe not so much, but. It certainly looks like now if Wentz is ready to go week one, that's certainly going to hamper their chances of getting any playing time this year, at least for the moment. Who knows? But uh, I like that I saw these two young quarterbacks. So assuming Wentz is ready to go and he's not practicing, uh, you could kind of just assume that uh, both those cats are not going to play at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, week one, yeah. You know, Carson Wentz is back to town, the, the million-dollar man, so. I'm gonna go ride that pine, boys. But hey, Jacob Eason's the real thing, real, real deal. Sam Ellinger's absolute dog crap. <laughs> yeah, he Jacob Eason could spin. He made me my words preseason week when I was fully expecting him to not play well, but he did play. He impressed me uh, for a guy who was taken in the sixth round. Um, I was impressed, but Eason to me, he's a guy who I think if the Colts had to try and win games with Eason, I think they could. Oh yeah, they. They put they put Jacob Beeson, then that might win more games. That boy can spin it, man. I'm telling you, Jacob Beeson's gonna be a dog. I agree with that. Uh, so, who was your first loser of week two then? Oh, that's that's easy, easy piece of lemon squeezing. Beneducci. <laughs> it, it was it was cool, Ben. You you, you know you're Italian. You know was, that's the whole story. It has a big story. And you, you know, throw you sidearm every football you throw. Yeah, you think Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Jesus Christ times two. Like, it, it's cool, you know, you play football a very reckless but entertaining way. You, know, you, you seem cool. You ain't got no swag, but, you know, you seem cool. You play, you play like you have swag. You play like it. Yeah, you, you know, you, you won two national championships at James Madison. It's, it's been a cool story, but now it's 
It's time to pack the bags and go sell car insurance, buddy. Because this ain't for you. So, let me ask you this. Though. What's worse, the fact that Danucci couldn't beat out Cooper Rush or that Cooper Rush is probably going to be the backup? I don't know. I don't understand. What's worse? What's worse in your opinion? I don't understand. Like, Cooper Rush was cool, man. We, we drafted him and he, you know, in the preseason with him and Dak. Like, he was good. And I get he's, you know, I don't ever want him to be a starter on a franchise. Right. But he's a competent guy that if the game's on the line, I would much rather have him in the Ben DiNucci. And I know you're going to be like, well, like, you know, Ben DiNucci, you know, he was screwed with the one chance he got to start. Hey, it's not necessarily a hill I'm going to die on, but he is what he is, but don't don't use that game as the excuse. I'm telling you, like, I get it, you know, back against the wall, you're starting all of a sudden, the team around you is bad, you're a rookie, no minicamp because of COVID, but there are fundamental things as a quarterback (laughs) you cannot do, and he did every single one of them. (laughs) It, it, It told me everything I needed to know. Right, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so the fact the fact that he's getting featured in the hard knock in hard knocks cause just because he's like he's like like because of his name Ben Denucci and all that this that and the other he's got a chest too right yeah yeah no matter how he slices Ben Denucci's not ending up on this roster he's gonna have fun it's like car insurance flipping burgers you know I'm not crapping on these careers by the way I'm just saying somebody's got to do it. And Ben and she's gonna be that guy. He's gonna be that guy. Yeah, okay. Well I'm gonna go with another cowboy for my loser week two. Um and you probably agree with me on this. It's gotta be Jalen Smith in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um you look at the way Micah Parsons has just lit up uh this Cowboys defense these first two weeks. Um and it looks like with the Cowboys are a nickel, it's gonna be him and Keanu Neal, who again these last two games has looked really impressive as a a uh, nickel linebacker. Um, and if you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a third linebacker, it's gonna be uh, Leighton Vanderesh on the field. Uh, and and the, the fact that the Cowboys came out and said that Jalen Smith is you know taking snaps on special teams, that should be concerning on so many levels. Um, you know he, he it's so because his his story is so cool. You know his story is made for television made for a lifetime movie or whatever um and you know we, we've had chris on on our show and this podcast i might add uh several times and he's told us that you know jalen it's a shame because jalen the guy that the media talks to and the guy you quote or whatever that's not the jalen behind closed doors apparently so you know it's a shame that you know the cowboys should not pay him Obviously, they should not have paid him that extension. Um, they could have gotten out of the contract back in March. They decided not to, but I guess I guess that's not totally fair because they had no clue they were going to get Micah Parsons. But, yeah. I mean, he was a guy who, you know, second-round pick could have easily been a top pick had he not gotten injured in college. Um, but now, I mean, he's probably, what, fourth, fifth on the depth chart behind Parsons, Neal... Vanderish. It would shock me if Jabril Cox jumps him at some point. Um, it's just, a, it's, it's just a shame, really. It's a shame because I mean, like, like you said, like his story's amazing. Jalen Smith, it's like, because I mean, I, I, there's people I know close to the Cowboys, like, yeah, like just like you know, just like we've heard, he's, he's a great human being, you know. And, and the it, guy, and the guy that you know people think he is, he's not, he's not that kind of guy at all. That's just some people just act a little different when they see cameras and you know they know the cameras are rolling. It's, yeah, it, it, it's unnecessary pressure that people put on themselves to be different and be to put out something that's exciting and not just be themselves. But it is what it is. Um, as far as his play, uh, obviously you could just see that his knee is deteriorated. Like the nerve damage is very much evident. And you know the medical team they they did the best they could. They cleaned it up the best they could. He looked great for two seasons, I would say. And it's just, it's just been a struggle. Um, looking at him, I'm not going to drag him that bad because he's still on the Cowboys. And, you know, I'm never going to drag a Cowboy that bad unless his name is Ben DiNucci. Uh, <laughs> it's just, he looks bigger, but in a bad way. He looks bulkier. Like, built like a, like, built like a bowling ball big. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just his knee. Because the way my friend explained, like, the way nerves work, because he, he had, like, some nerve damage in his shoulder. He was explaining it to me, like, when you have, a, like, a severe injury like that, you know, nerve damage. Basically, your nerves, you know, they fire, they fire off. And when you have a traumatic-ass injury like that to your nerves, you can mess with the firing of those, you know, the nerves. Mm-hmm. And when they fire correctly, you make a really, you know, for Jalen's sake, when they fire correctly, he makes a really explosive play, chasing Deshaun Watson, knocking the hell out of him out of bounds. Same with the touchdown. And then there's other instances where, like, it misfires, and he looks like he's a 70-year-old man who's waddling to go get a sandwich out of the kitchen. <laughs> Just like he did against the Cardinals when uh, Rondell Moore ran a, uh, a little wiggle route. Kind of yeah. flat. Yeah. Out. Easy first down. Because Jalen, he just, he's just not there. And then there are, like, he still has shown moments where it's like, okay, that's still Jalen Smith. But then there's just other times where it's just like, you can just tell his body isn't, isn't allowing him to do what he sees on the field anymore. There's just moments where you just simply cannot have him on the field. He's a liability on the field. Yeah. And it's just an unfortunate thing. But, I mean, again, who, who would have thought he would be playing in the NFL again after that knee injury, right? He's, he's proved everybody wrong. It's yeah. been a great story, but it's either he just needs to take some time away from football and just solely work on like rehab for like a year, or he needs to hang it up because it's it's not looking good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, my other loser this week, not necessarily his fault, um, but the New York Jets, Carl Lawson. I know he was your big free agent signing this offseason. Um, Tours Achilles done for the year, and I feel like Robert Sala had a vision because we heard he's been tearing it up at Jets camp before the injury. I feel like Sala had a real vision for him to be, you know, his, um, you know, his dominant, you know, all-star pass rusher for that Jets team. And it's just a real shame they tore his Achilles. Uh, didn't even get to see a snap of him uh, in the regular season, so that's just kind of a shame because I was excited to see this new Jets defense and this team in general with Robert Sala. Um, I know everybody talked about Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore on offense, but uh, I feel like Carl Lawson. You had you had the same feeling as well that he was going to be um, a game changer for this team going forward, and kind of being a dominant uh, edge rusher for that team. Oh yeah, I mean the Jets weren't going to be great, but getting Carl Lawson, you know, Quentin Williams, so having him, Sheldon uh, Rankins, Sheldon Rankins retaining. Uh, Marcus May, like you had some defensive cornerstones, man. And it sucks that he, you know, he has this terrible injury. He's gonna miss the year. It sucks because you know it would really help for him to get to be out there and build chemistries with these, chemistry with these guys. Because like these are the cornerstones that the Jets have on defense. And he's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna have to miss a whole year and some change. And it, it sucks. And it's just it, ultimately the Jets are gonna be worse. But at the same time, I mean, they weren't gonna be great in the first place. As far as the franchise goes, I mean, like you can get another really high, probably top three pick this year. You know, grab another defensive guy if you want, maybe if not offensive, and you know, just keep the reboot going. But you know, prayers out to Carl Lawson. Hopefully, uh, if he hasn't had surgery yet, hopefully it goes well, and hopefully he can get started on rehab and get it going. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree more with that. Uh, do you have another loser in mind? I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go, go with the Bears. Okay, okay. And it's going to be with, uh, with Justin Fields. Not because of his play, but just like seeing him behind that offensive line. And I don't know who the hell hit him on the Bills. But goodness <laughs> gracious. I thought Justin Fields died for about 2.5 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was a big hit. Yeah. That's, that's... It was, it was, oh my God. Yeah, and, and, to, and just to point out, Justin Fields, I think Andy Dalton started the game, so Fields was in there obviously with the backups and whatnot. So you would imagine that the starters wouldn't play like that with Justin Fields, hopefully. But that was, oh my God. It was just like, I don't know if that was on him because he like checked and like he, he checked to the wrong blitz pickup or something, or just the guard just not doing his job at all. Goodness gracious. That's concerning as a Bears fan because it's like, Hits like that can really rattle you as a young quarterback. 
You don't want to see your, your cornerstone take those hits. Oh, hell no. No, you don't. Um, I have one more loser. This is the team. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. And I say this because, uh, you know, normally in preseason, you know, you know, obviously some, some starters sit out. Um, but you kind of have your identity set. Like, you see a little bit of what the team is supposed to be, right? Yeah. I have no clue what the Bengals are going to be. <laughs> and I say this because, uh, you know, obviously everybody hyped up the trio of Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, and Joe Burrow at the quarterback. But uh, Burrow has not played this preseason, which expected. But um, I mean, Jamar Chase against the Bucks, three catches, or I'm sorry, three targets, three drops. All of them were on third downs. Um, yeah, this offense just does not look like it's clicking on all cylinders whatsoever. I'm kind of concerned because, and I, I know we talked about it before, we know Joe Burrow wanted the Jamar Chase pick. That's his guy at LSU. We know he wanted that, but at the same time, you had Penesu on the board. You had all the offensive tackles, all the interior linemen on the board. And you just kind of wonder, you know, should you have taken the lineman to help out protect Joe Burrow? Because the offensive line, we saw that not look very good these first two games for the Bengals. Um, and you know, it just seems like they're really the receivers aren't clicking. So I'm just kind of concerned as to what this year is going to look like for Bengals fans. I mean, honestly, yeah, you're, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. This, this was going to be my last game for as far as yeah. losers go. Yeah, it's just offense looks like patchwork. Um, it's like you said, Jamar Chase. You know, I'm sure he's going to be a great player, but yeah, but it's just. It, it's just his professional career is just not getting out to the storm. He's dropping balls left and right. Recently, his girlfriend uh, went, took to Instagram and is actually accusing him of hitting her. So I don't I don't know exactly how that's going to go down, but oh God. I, that's out there on the internet now. Um, I don't know. He just uh, I, I hope those allegations are false. I hope so. That's, right. that's, that's an awful allegation for somebody. Uh, it's just it's, it's not coming together. As far as what you're saying, like, with, like, you know, obviously, like, tackle would have been big. I don't know, man. Pen- Penny's the well. I mean, he's, he's had some mixed reviews in Detroit in these preseason games so far. Yeah, but I mean, right tackle is in his natural position, though. The Lions have their left tackle uh, and Taylor Dagger. So, I can understand that, why Penny might be up to a slower start than we expected, but... I mean, hey, well, what are you going to do about that? I mean, I'm not saying that, like, Penne wouldn't have been a good pick there, but it's just like, uh, What would you have picked if you were the Bengals? <laughs> what do you Honestly, pick? Honestly, if I was the Bengals, honestly, I would have traded the pick. I would have traded down. Let somebody come up and get a quarterback. I mean, this, this team needs more help than just one more tackle another offensive lineman period or a wide receiver. receiver this team is like like they, they they need they need more than just you know what they got right or what they could have got so i would have much rather them traded back just took it easy this year maybe you know obviously let joe burrow play but just you know, but be just very know that, careful just know that this year um it's not the year oh yeah yeah this this like the move that they made with Jamar was like, okay, we have like the move. Like from my standpoint, watching what the Bengals did, mm-hmm. you would think that if you never watched the Bengals game before in your life, you would think that them picking a receiver like that would be like, okay, they have their offensive line secure, their defense is great, yada yada yada. They, they got a running this, game. They got, they got the running game, which they do. John Mixon's a dog, but uh, you, you would think everything's secure on this team, and all they need is like one more playmaker. But that's right. not the case with the Bengals. Right. So they just. I don't want to say they fudged it up yet because obviously that's not that's not a fair assessment at all. Two two preseason games in the rookie years. Yeah, I get it. Well, that's what we do. We overreact in the preseason. Yeah. Um, let's play a little game here. Let's play some little quarterback. Uh, uh, Stardom Sidem edition here. So let's look at the, look at the rookie quarterbacks this year. Uh, I think we both agree 
the only one that probably has a job locked up week one would be Zach Wilson, right? Oh yeah, okay. that, that has to like has to do with the fact that like there's there's nobody else on that roster that could start. Right. So Zach Wilson's gonna start for the Jets, right? Um, Justin Fields, based on what you've seen so far, do you start in week one or do you do you sit him? Well, I would start him if I wouldn't have paid Andy Dalton twelve million dollars. But <laughs> the Bears did so. Let Andy go out there for a game or two, be trash, and then you put Justin up. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is, is that before this game, Matt Nagy came out and said, oh, look, Andy's the starter. We're going to roll with Andy Dalton, you know, week one. But then after the game, he said that he's going to evaluate the position of quarterback and then, you know, make determination off of that. So, like, to me, Matt Nagy... This is the year for him, right? This is the year for Matt Raggy, Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace to, you know, hey, if, if you're not doing it, you're fired. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure grinding on those two to uh, make the right decision at quarterback. I personally, I would start Andy Dalton. I mean, <laughs> Justin Fields, my bad. I don't know why I said Andy Dalton. But I feel like the Bears will start Dalton because... You know, have you seen the relationship that Annie Dalton and Justin Fields have with each other? Like, it's really kind of cool for a, a veteran and a rookie quarterback, you know? It's like, the op- it's like the opposite of, like, Big Ben or, like, Aaron Rodgers to, you know, their young quarterbacks. Well, Andy Dalton, like, I mean, granted what he said in that press conference the other day, talk about, like, this is my time to shine. Like, Justin can have it. He, he can wait. This time's coming. Besides like, that part. But, like, they both, like, Justin seems to, like, you know... He's learning a lot from Manny Dalton. And Dalton's like actually being opening up, teaching him things in the NFL. Like, you know, most veterans won't do that for a young, young quarterback who's gunning for their job, you know? That's the way it should always be because, like, when that, when that quarterback came in, like, some other veteran quarterback on the roster, they may not have been the starter, but, you know, a third, fourth string has been around the league, you know, five-plus years. Like, that guy imparting wisdom on you on stuff he's seen and the stuff he's been told. Mm-hmm. That just keeps the game going. That's that's the way it should go. That's Jordan Love for that one for him. I mean, hey, Jordan Love looked pretty good mm. in, in his one preseason game, and he hurt his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are, are we on the same part of here? We should start feelings, but the Bears are going to start Dalton instead. Yeah, they'll start. Like, I, I, if I had, if I was a gambling man, I would bet money. Andy Dalton only starts the first three seasons. Or, Three games of the season. Okay. And then he's benched. Or just okay. Uh, this might be a little bit interesting. Uh, Mac Jones, who also has looked very nice so far this preseason. You got to start Cam Newton. You think so? Yeah, Mac Jones isn't ready. He's he's shown some things, but his preseason, it's the game's not full speed because the guys out there aren't first stringers. Like Cam Newton's gonna have a very good year. Let Cam play. Let Mac sit for a year. You think Everything so? You're, you're, the, you're riding that high on the Cam Newton train? Cam Newton, man, I'm telling, this, it, I'm telling you, this cat's got more left in the tank than people want to give him credit. Okay. Okay. Because uh, uh, I think halfway through the year, the, they will switch it up. Uh, it's nothing against Cam. You know, I think, I think if Cam could go out there and play football, he would shock everybody and dominate. I just don't know if physically his body can will allow him to do it. That's that's my question with Cam Newton. Is can his body will it allow him to play 16, 17 games in a regular season? I just don't know if it can. I don't think it will. So I think Cam's gonna get hurt at some point. Not gonna he won't get benched because he's a poor play, but I think he'll get hurt and then you'll see Mac Jones come in. Fair enough. That's I think that's my that's where I stand on that. Cam's gonna play, but if he gets hurt. It'll be Mac Jones' time. Um, Trey Lance of the Niners. This, this, is, this is too easy. Like, yeah, start obviously, him. start him. <laughs> start no, him. No, no. Start Trey Lance. I, I, I love what I've seen. I know the Charger game was rough, but then he, but, he, but then he bounced back. It looked really good. I, I know, I know what you're saying, but I don't trust the play calling for one. And just like Trey's just he's he's mad raw. Like he's gonna make plays just because he's talented with his feet, with his arms. It's, everything about him is impressive. But he just needs more time just to soak up more football. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. And I mean, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as I crap on him, he's a competent quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he is. Would I ever want him to start for my franchise? Hell no. No, but if you, if you're shooting for, you know, nine to ten wins, then hey, that's your guy right there. That's, that's your guy. He'll, he'll be fine. Trey Lance will be ready to go week one next season. He's, he's going to be ready to learn to go try to put us with MVP type numbers. Okay. Okay, so okay, I, I'm gonna go to start him. I think Trey Lance. I think he's playing too good right now to where you you just have to play him and go with it. Or you know, maybe someone's quarterback gets hurt and you got Trey Jimmy Garoppolo. But I just think you gotta start Trey Lance from the get go. He's looked too explosive. Um, man, that touchdown pass, to Travis Benjamin. Right there in that window with that zip, you don't coach that, right? That's not coachable. That's just natural God-given ability to sling that ball in that window. Um, he looks so good. He looks so good throughout this preseason. You gotta play him. You gotta start him. I think. Um, before we log off here, Makai, I know it is your time of the year coming back this weekend. As college football will kick off, are you excited for the upcoming season? What are some of your general thoughts on the return of the NCAA? I'm just like you know, just one quick note. I'm just like I'm kind of concerned. You didn't you didn't bring up Kellen Mond? You don't think Kellen Mond can beat out Kirk Cousins? No. <laughs> there's a reason there. There's a reason I did not mention Kellen Mond. Oh, he's been he's been dog. It's it's, it's like me asking if Josh Rosen's gonna you know ever start for a team. Whoa. Whoa. I, I do feel bad for Josh Rosen. Like, I do feel bad for him. Let me put that out there. Because I do think... I think he got dealt a very crappy hand in his NFL career. But it's just that's where he's at now. He just signed with the Falcons. Yeah, at the end of the day, his, his mouth wrote a check that his ass could cash. Don't he? Yeah, nine mistakes in front of him, right? That's what he said. Yep. And, yep. Uh, He's looking like the biggest mistake that I <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. That's <laughs> that's very true. But in, but in his defense, he didn't know that this little you know five ten guy on the prairie, Tyler Murray, was going to just come out and just absolutely throw the hell out of the football Oklahoma the next year. So. And he also didn't know that Cliff Kingsbury, you know the hot the the young gun from Texas Tech, was going to come to the NFL out of nowhere. And, and run the same offense Kyle Murray excelled at in uh, high school and college. <sighs> Yikes. But no, no. Uh, to answer your question, no. Kellen Mond will not <laughs> see any snaps this year. He will I, had to, I had to make sure. I, I refuse to allow Kellen Mond snaps on my television. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, college football is back. I know there's not a whole lot of big games, but it's like the NFL preseason. We are on the brisk of college football returning. Are you excited for this upcoming year? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of questions. A lot of people say that the race for the national championship is wide open. Like uh, a lot of teams have a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, and really, this is the year. If you're one of those teams that you've been on the fringe for a while, you know, you're a historic team that just hasn't been able to win a championship in a minute at Oklahoma. You know, this is this is the time uh-huh. to step up and reclaim what is yours. Let me ask you this. Um, if you had to pick four teams right now in the college football playoffs, who would they be? Uh, Oklahoma for one. Alabama, because I think uh, I think Bryce Young is absolutely going to light Alabama on fire. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, Mac Jones who? Tua who? This, this kid's talented. I noticed he didn't say Jalen Hurts who. I was waiting for that one. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts will always have a legacy in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always and forever. But not the other two guys. Yeah, not the other two. <laughs> I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, man, Bryce Young is stupid good at football. It's, just, it's, it's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb how good he is. Like, very rarely at the level of football he was playing in the state of California, do you ever, you know, for your senior season, put up 70 something touchdowns and win a state championship? That is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, that's a fair point. Alabama, Oklahoma. Um, I'm gonna go with Clemson because I love DJ Uyunglele. I think he's, uh, I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. 
I think people need really? to wake up. They need they need to you know they're they're gonna see what I'm talking about. This, this, that kid can spin it. Oh crap! We forgot Trevor Lawrence. I just realized that. It's a given though. Trevor Lawrence is playing. I don't know. Gardner Minshew taking a crack. Uh, so. uh, Minshew, someone needs to be on poo watch on Minshew. If he ain't pooed yet, then you know, hey, he's still in that. He's very much alive in that race. Carson wants to get hurt. They'll trade. They'll trade him. <laughs> Same division. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably true. Okay, no. Uh, so you have Oklahoma, Bama, Clemson. Clemson. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go Ohio State. I think CJ Stroud. So you're picking the same four teams. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty but much. But I mean, but I mean, you know, three of these teams really have new quarterbacks. Right. So, like, it, 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 it's still gonna surprise people because they're like young quarterbacks. There's, a, I mean, there's a decent amount of turnover on all these rosters, so it's gonna be tough. But I think all these young quarterbacks are gonna prevail, and it's it's gonna be one hell of a college football playoff. Because I mean, mark this down. CJ Stroud is going to be a damn dog. Mark it down. Okay. I will at the 57-29 mark. I will, I will have that marked down on my phone. Just for you. Um, what? Uh, try, have you heard about the? Have you heard about the rumors of like uh, the, the super conference being formed and you know uh, teams and conferences maybe maybe piling up to uh, compete with the SEC? Yeah, I'm really like confused about that. Like. Because it was the Pac-12, it was the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And then, who was the last conference getting in on? I forget. Because it wasn't the Big 12. Mm. The ACC. Yeah. And they're, they're coming together, three powerhouse conferences coming all together just to unite against the SEC. I don't really understand that because it's like, why for one? Because, I mean, even still, okay, let's, let's take the top teams to every one of those conferences. So out of the Pac-12, give me you meet Oregon, USC. USC. That's honestly mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, maybe Utah? Hard pass. Okay, go on, go on. Uh, Big Ten. Give me Ohio State. Michigan, I guess. I was waiting to see if we were going to say Michigan. I'll put Michigan in there. Michigan, I'll, I'll say Indiana. Because Indiana, Michael Penix, that quarterback. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In the ACC, of course, you got Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame's there now. Maybe North Carolina. That's going to be tough. I love Sam Howell. And no. Mac Jones. Not, not Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Brown is doing a hell of a job there. Yep. But losing their two best receivers and two best running backs, it's going to be rough. But, I mean, yeah. I'll, but I'll I, I, I buy into it right now. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it for now. It's like, man, you take those teams and it's like, None of those teams compared to Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, Georgia. L- LSU. L- LSU. Eh. Right now, LSU, LSU looks bad on paper just because like they're unsure about what they're going to do with quarterback. That team does have that. I think they're going to bounce back from the But also, I just think the, the school itself, the money and the revenue that college brings in every year, outdoes any of those big schools. I, w- I would say... All those schools except probably Oregon and Michigan. Yeah, okay, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of revenue for the name. Like, you say the name LSU, you know you know exactly what that person's talking about. I'd say Texas, too, in that, in, in that perspective. That perspective, yeah. But as yeah. far as, like, actually playing football. No, 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 we're, we're not good. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're at the SEC, if you're the SEC... You know, there's still two teams I would try to bring into that conference and all. If you really wanted to form like a super conference SEC, yeah, there's there there's two teams you got to bring in still. Who's that? You got to bring in. Uh, uh, I had I had them a second ago, top of my head. Clemson, Clemson won. You got to bring Clemson in somehow. Jesus. And uh, <laughs> what was the one school? Uh, it's the Florida school. Um, Florida State. Yeah, FSU. Those would be those would be the two schools you got to bring in to make that like a super SEC conference. Oh man, you're that like what you're saying as far as like Clemson leaving the ACC. That's it. Would, it, it would. It, I, I would severely doubt it ever happened. 
But if the SEC, if the SEC just want to like throw everything at the, at Clemson to get them over, sheesh. Because you're talking about because you're talking about having Bama, Oklahoma, and Clemson, and you know three playoff teams out of the four spots on paper right now. Hypothetically, we go to the SEC. Yeah, that's just you would run you would run the playoffs. I'm like I know what you're saying. Like this this is just hy- like, hypothetically speaking, but like, right. That would cripple the hell out of the ACC because that's their yes. big money. Right? Yes, yeah, that is, that is, yes. Just like how Oklahoma and Texas have crippled the Big Twelve. It's not final yet. It happens in twenty twenty five, but, but it's, when it's that happens, happen. the, yeah. the Big Twelve is getting disbanded because there's there's no way in hell that conference is ever going to last one. No, because who are you going to watch Tech and Baylor play at the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve bowl game? No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to watch Kansas State and. Oklahoma State. God and God forbid, you know, Big 12, <laughs> the Big Twelve gets that desperate and they're like, "Hey, UNT and Houston <laughs> and Rice, you guys want to be part of the Big Twelve? A- Abilene Christian, where you at? Sweet Jesus, I would never watch that. Uh, so let, let me ask you this: that in what twenty twenty five, right? That's when Texas and Oklahoma leave. Yeah. What do you think happens in the Big Twelve? Like, if you're the Big Twelve, what do you do at that point? Because I would honestly just say, look, either. Because, I mean, there's when you cut it up, like, no matter who you bring in, there's no way you're going to place the revenue those two teams, those two schools brought you. Oh, you're still in the hole no matter what you do. Yeah, because Oklahoma and Texas, to at least, like, I could be wrong, but at least to me, I would think those two are probably some of the highest grossing revenues school-wise in the, in the nation. I would right, assume so, so. But both are top five. Yeah, I would assume so. So, no matter who you bring in, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not cutting anything. Like so, you, do you cut ties and just disband the Big Twelve? Do you maybe do some shuffling and some trading with the other conferences? Go, hey, you know, let's. Uh, what's it gonna take to get one Vanderbilt from you? <laughs> I got, I got, I got one Kansas State, one Kansas, and uh, <laughs> I'll throw you at Baylor for give me Vanderbilt and uh, Tennessee. Like, and then you gotta think about it, geographically speaking, you know. All the Big 12 teams are mostly down here in the South. Yeah. So, I, I, I just, what do you think they do? I'm going to say, because they really can go either way. So, I'm going to just give you a hypothetical for both. Because I've, I've talked about this a lot with my friends. Yeah. Uh, if they disband the Big 12, the way I see it working out, I see both Kansas teams going to the Big 10. I see Oklahoma State, Baylor, Let me throw Iowa State in there too. Iowa State goes and they go. They join. They join the Big Ten. Um, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Tech, TCU. I would say they probably all join the Big Twelve. Uh, the <laughs> Pac Twelve. Mm-hmm. And then whatever's left, bend for yourself. Go to the <laughs> ACC, I guess. Sunset sounds. I mean, that's some uh, conference USA. Because I'd be like West Virginia. Uh, what else is there? West Virginia. I'm really blanking on that right now. Anyway, the the rest of the sorry ass was the big one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, the only thing the odds are they they do it does disband in 25. I don't think it happens. Uh, I think ultimately they're the, gonna the will and deal with some teams in there. The will and deal because I mean like. Okay, so Oklahoma, Texas are out. That conference is wide open because the next best team is a lot of people say Iowa State, but they had one decent year during a COVID year, so it doesn't count. Brock Purdy's absolute dog. I'd say it. I was gonna say Baylor, honestly. Eh, not happening. I I, I I enjoy your optimism, but Baylor, there's still some time. I, I got I got uh, okay, but who else then in the Big Twelve? That's that's really it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got I think it's gotta be Baylor in all seriousness. Baylor or TCU? TCU is really cooking, some, cooking with some gas right now. Yeah. Man. But, uh, as, as far as, you know, if they want to bring teams in, I would call around to the teams that left the Big 12, like Colorado, Nebraska, because neither, you know, both those teams have had zero success in the damn Pac-12. Maybe see what A&M's doing. A&M's staying for that. A&M's <laughs> like, hell no, we won't go. Like, <laughs> I don't understand that Texas A&M Aggies, like, stance on that, because they have absolutely, like, They've won games, but they're never going to win the SEC championship. Never, ever, ever. No, it's going to be, it's going to be really Bama 
Oklahoma once they get in there, uh, maybe 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 then a a LSU or Georgia can make some noise. But I think ultimately it'll come down to Oklahoma and Bama. Oh yeah, I just think that that's how it'll come down to in the SEC every year. Yeah, just yeah, call around to the teams you've lost. Um, retain as many teams as you can now because you can't really afford to lose anybody else. Maybe, maybe you look at some of these, uh, you know, the uh, what the Sun Belt Conference, the Conference USA team. Maybe see if anyone wants to move up to the big leagues. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd give Houston a call. Um, I'd give Tulsa a call. Yeah. Um, UNT is not ready for the limelight. We can't even win in our own damn conference. <laughs> uh, Maybe uh, the Coastal Carolina school. Hell no. <laughs> hey, they 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 they, they can they us. can run in whatever hell conference they are in. That team is booted. They rocked us. Yeah, I no. I'm not buying that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, you just call around and you try to bring these te- some of these Texas schools. Call your former associates you had in the Big Twelve. And- Try to piece it together. Yeah. Just see what happens. Just, hey, here we are. Tell me, people, people are crapping on the Big 12 because it's like you're losing your two biggest moneymakers. But like, if you want to join a conference that has no clear-cut winner. That's the conference to join right now. Because there's, there's no yeah. money. That's true. That's true. Who's going to stop you, Tech? Yeah, Texas Tech. Well, the, the team that can't keep a damn quarterback. Everybody, Every quarterback that goes to this good transfers. Ooh. The team that have had Mahomes and won nothing with them. Yep, they went seven and five every year with them. The team that had Danny Amendola didn't win with them. Yeah, okay, you you really you really <laughs> you really brought up literally the worst name out of Texas Tech history <laughs> to make that example. Uh, hey, you know that's what I do. That's what I provide for the show. I, I'm that guy. But um. I think that's going to wrap up this uh, podcast. It's a little longer than usual, but hey, we've been away for a while, so we feel like this is just, uh, it had to happen, right? Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, owe, we owed you guys. You know, We hope you appreciate it. You, know, you like it. Yeah, Ready for some more content, because we're actually, we're going to stay on it. Cause we got our schedules figured out now. Yep. So we're going to be pumping out podcasts every week from now on. Yeah, that's what we're going to do here. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at uh, the final drive underscore underscore. That's where all of our links uh, for the podcast and the live show, which you can listen to Thursdays from 3p to 5p, such a time on Fishbowl Radio Network, FBR.us, where we're streaming at. Um, and this has been Alec McKay signing off. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see you guys Thursday and then the following week with another episode. So, sign our up.